Alexi, Ash, and Chris, Phillips, Ball, Geddes, Mollett, Mike Fisher, Marion, Hosa, Martin, Havlat, Pizza Line, Ray, Emery, Brian, Murray, Redden, Lee, Cowan, Smith, Neil, Fat by God, Walrus, Chara, Heatley, Alfie, all left the team, Andrew, Hammond, Kyle, Tursa, Benajat, Double D on Mark Stone, Carlson, Matt Duchesne to single, Hogberg, Shabbat, Chuck, Unparalleled Success. We didn't start the rebuild. It was always brewing since 2009. We didn't start the rebuild. No, we didn't start it, but this time we've got it. Joining me now is Ottawa Senators fan and close personal friend of the show, Nathan McCallum. How's it going today, Nathan? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. You are, if I'm not mistaken, the first two-time appearing guest on the Unparalleled Success podcast, so I couldn't choose a better guest to have on for the second occasion for the first time than you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It feels like uh, forever ago that the Ottawa Senators lost 3-2 to the Los Angeles Kings on March 11th last year. Oh, it's It's been a long time, but Pierre Dorian made it feel like as short as an offseason as possible, making moves as frequently as it seemed he possibly could. What were your impressions on uh, Pierre Dorian's offseason moves, and how do you feel this roster entering this season is different from the one we saw against the Kings 11 month, or 10 months ago? Uh, well, Ryan, for the most part, I think that he made a lot of moves that I um, uh, that I liked. Uh, I really liked the signing of Dadanov. I've even come around on Derek Stepan. I think the second was a little uh, a little steep to give up, but uh, I like the player. Uh, even a guy like Goodbranson, I, I, I'm interested to see how he's going to uh, going to play with Shabbat. Uh, but I, I think the the biggest I mean, with all those players in mind, I think the biggest difference between last year's roster and this year's uh, is going to be in kind of the uh, the veterans around the team, which is kind of weird to say with a, a younger roster. But um, at the end of last year, they kind of got rid of a lot of the players that were around for that 2017 Eastern Conference final run, the remainders in uh, Anderson, Ryan, Borrow, and then moving Pajo at the deadline. Uh, so I think a lot of the turnover is going to be in the – um, the veterans that are on the team. I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. I'm going to bring up the lines that I had you project for me. And, of course, this is more of a rough draft more than anything because, of yeah. course, like 80 players in the entire league were placed on waivers today. So, And especially with the Sens and how much DJ Smith and Pierre Dorian have been talking about competition in camp and the players who are going to play will have earned their spots. So tonight there's a scrimmage, and uh, we don't know who's going to be in the opening night lineup. This is a, a pretty accurate projection that you came up with, I think. Are there any surprises of players that didn't make the team that you thought might have or what you had expected to be the final lineup for opening night going into camp? Well, for, for me, I, I kind of just tried to... Um, pick out the guys that I thought fit into these spots best. That being said, I think a guy like Josh Norris 
probably cracks this lineup at some point, if not already. I know in the scrimmage is happening tonight, he's playing with uh, Kachuk and Dadunov, so that's uh, definitely a good sign. I, I When I was coming up with these lines, I just put Colin White up there because I think he'll get a shot. Uh, again, I know he's played with Kachuk and Dadunov already in training camp, but I, I think he's a player that they've... Um, uh, I think Smith said at least once or twice that he's, he's liked his camp, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a shot. Uh, and I think a guy like Batherson on this lineup probably moves up a bit, and I'm sure we'll see Logan Brown at some point. So there's plenty of uh, uh, places where, I th like you said, it's a bit of a rough draft. There's a lot of places where that lineup could change. One of the combinations that I've always liked that uh, – is intact for the scrimmage tonight is to Tchuk with Josh Norris just because I love the 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 name, the Chuck Norris line. Chuck Norris, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a few yeah. combos on here, like this is such an improvement compared to last year's, and I love the Tchuk Dadanov combination. Like those are two le two legit top wingers, and then Stuchla and Stefan, like they've developed sort of a bromance going on in the early yeah. <laughs> stages of camp since they've both both uh, arrived in Ottawa. So I like our top six, and even our bottom six doesn't look too bad. So uh, I'm excited to get things going. And uh, one of the most exciting storylines heading into this season is how Sen's third overall pick, Tim Stuchla, torched the World Juniors 10 points in five games, named the best forward in the tournament. Uh, what do you think about Tim Stuchla this year? How excited are you to see him in the Sens uniform, and what are your expectations for what he can accomplish this year? Oh, well, I mean, I'm really excited to just watch him play. I think I, I tweeted the other day something along the lines of getting uh, really hyped from just the two-second clips of him walking around the arena, just stepping onto the ice for the first time. Uh, and I think a, a part of that is definitely from, like you said, watching him in the World Juniors. And I feel like that uh, gave a good idea on that he's, he really is a really good player. Um, I, I think it's reasonable to expect him to have an impact in the top six and to step in in that role. But I, I have a bit of a hard time coming up with a, a point projection, given that it's a, it's a shortened season and uh, the Sens are going to be playing against the same six teams over and over again. Uh, but I, I'd say probably somewhere around like a, a half a point a game pace I wouldn't be uh, disappointed with. So somewhere in like the 25 to 30 point area. Uh, but I, honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm taking the under a bit on that projection. So I I mean, I wouldn't be too upset if, if that's where he ends up. But I, I think he'll finish with more than that, if I'm being honest. I agree. I think that it wouldn't be unreasonable to see him in like the 30 to 35 point range and if you yeah. projected that over a full season it could be around the 50 point mark and it can only go up from there the the future so bright for Stuchla that I I love yeah. that um I love that you mentioned your Twitter your tweet about like the two second clips I saw one person comment on there that uh, as soon as he saw Stuchla in the Sens uniform he went from six to midnight and if you know what that means, you know. If if you don't, I'll leave it to you to figure up. I wouldn't recommend that the kids look it up. Maybe ask your parents about that one. But uh, yeah. it's pretty awesome to see the excitement about uh, Stuchla and entering the season for all the Sens fans. Another 
compelling storyline heading into this season is the the letter C right there. Of course, Brady Chichuk and Thomas Shabbat are, of course, the two favorites for the, a leadership role heading into the future. Of course, Shabbat has the long-term contract that Tichuk doesn't. But if you had to pick a future captain for the Sens, is there either of those two players that you would be leaning towards or an outside candidate? Um, my choice of captain between the two would be Brady, to be honest with you. Um, I, that's my personal opinion. And also just trying to kind of get into the mind a bit of what uh, management might be thinking. I, I think they've tended to go uh, in the past more often with the more exciting player that sells more tickets. Uh, my logic for that would be looking at uh, Carlson versus Chris Phillips from quite a few years ago. But uh, and I, I think that Shabbat just doesn't kind of have the, the wow factor that puts butts in seats, even though he's, he's a really skilled player and I enjoy watching him. Um, that being said, I mean, I, I'm not in the locker room. I, there, I'm sure there's guys on the team that could have a really uh, different opinion on that. So. I wish we could have like a, a big heated debate on the show, but I'm also very strongly in the Tachuk camp, so... Yeah. I I think the argument for Shabbat is that he's more of a a tame like player, more responsible, yeah. more disciplined, yeah. and that uh, he's going to be on the ice for thirty minutes a night, and that he can lead the way with his ice time and his play defensively. Whereas the argument against Tuchuk is that uh, he's going to be in the penalty box more often than you might want right. for your captain, but for me, it just comes down to the fact that Brady Tuchuk is the kind of player that you would look up to for a demonstration on a player that puts his heart on his sleeve and plays as hard as he can every shift to win a game, and that's exactly what you look for in a captain. I don't care if he has a 100 penalty minutes a season, because he's just so determined, and he's a leader, and he hasn't even began to scratch the surface of what he could accomplish as like a 45 point player. Like when you look at his brother in Calgary, he's point per game player. So I think that that's what Brady Kachuk can come in leading the league in like being the first player to have 300 shots and hits almost in the same season. I think it's a no brainer to go with Tuchuk as long as you can sign him to the extension. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. That's another wrinkle, but I, I assume they'll get that done at some point in the year. DJ Smith is entering his second season of head coach in Ottawa. Besides his rigorous gum chewing, was there anything that stood out to you about his coaching style last year? And are you confident that the Sens can reach the unparalleled success under his tutelage? Uh, well, in, in, in terms of his coaching, I, I honestly I wasn't too sure on where to where to go with this when I saw the question. Um, but I, I did enjoy that uh, a lot of the players seem to speak really highly of him. Uh, when you think about it, we're not really that far removed from the whole Uber incident. So it's it's kind of a nice change of pace to see the players that uh, talk up the coach and say how much they, they like playing for him. Uh, and I, I, it's been said plenty of times before, but they were a hard team to play against last year, which was nice to see. And I, I really like the energy and compete level that they had, uh, even in games where it seemed like they were a bit outclassed. Uh, I mean, all that being said, I consider myself uh, somewhat in the middle in terms of confidence. 
uh, on DJ's ability to take the team on a, on a deep playoff run into the unparalleled success. Uh, that's mostly due to the fact that he seems to have a lot of faith in some players that frankly aren't very good. A guy like Nikita Zaitsev who keeps getting into the lineup in top four uh, situations and uh, kind of talking up some other players who might not be too great of acquisitions for the team. I, I look at a guy like Austin Watson where I wasn't too thrilled with the Sens uh, going out of the way and getting him, but he seems to be a player that Smith really likes. So I, I think time will time will tell on that. And that sort of leads us into our next question, which we not only talked a little bit about there, but also earlier when we were going over the lines. Considering the amount of veterans that the Sens brought in, and we, we can go over the list again just because it's it's exciting. There's Dadnoff, uh, yeah. Stepan, Watson, Paquette, Goodbranson, Coburn, and Murray. So... With DJ Smith preaching that the players that are going to play in the lineup will have earned their spot in the lineup, does that make you worry at all about the young players not having an opportunity to prove themselves in such a crucial year with the expansion draft? Do you think that, that the team should give the young players who have maybe already earned an opportunity, such as Logan Brown, who had eight points in 21 games last year, Josh Norris, who looked outstanding in the three games that he played, as well as, uh, I forget the other player I had on my list, but Drake Batherson, because he was yeah. so improved when he came back up from Belleville last year. So do you think that uh, that's a concern of yours, considering the expansion draft, and we have to come up with a list of players to protect, and we might not know what these players are, who they are, and what roles they will be in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you bring up the point of the expansion draft. Um but I, I, I really think that uh, guys like Norris, Batherson, and Brown, once they get a chance, I think they're going to force their way into the lineup uh, and make guys like Anisimov or Watson into that Mikhail Bodker type of taxi squad, healthy scratch role. Um, I, I expect that at the start of the season, I know I've mentioned this already, but I expect that we're going to see a lot of the vets in the lineup to start the year. But I, I really think that with COVID and everything, um, the young kids are going to get a chance at some point this year, and I, I think they'll be able to grab it pretty easily. One of the juiciest rumors going around the NHL right now is the availability of Columbus Blue Jackets star Pierre-Luc Dubois. Given the extension trade history between the Sens and the Blue Jackets, of course there was the Duchesne trade, the Zingle trade with uh, Duclair involved, and it dates back in history as well. There's been several other more minor trades, but of course the Duchesne one comes to mind. Do you think that the Sens might make a pitch for Dubois? What would you offer? What would you consider too much, and do you think it gets done? Um, well, I, I think, like you said, I, I, I'm sure they've made at least made a call about the availability of uh, Dubois. Uh, and I, I expect they'll make some sort of offer. But I think like a lot of people have already said, 22-year-old elite centers don't come on the market very often. So it's a, it's a bit harder to gauge what it gets done. And also, I, I, I would assume there's going to be lots of teams that are looking to acquire him. We're also in the same conference. Uh, there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. But I I would think that there's there's something along the lines of maybe a player like like Logan Brown, Brandstrom, and then you'd have to throw in a combination of um, 
roster players and picks, I think, at that point to uh, to get it done. But I, it's really tough to say because he's so young and he, he's pretty good. I'm, it's really hard to come up with a package that uh, that would get the player out of Columbus. I agree because I see some mock trades from the Sens fan base, and most of them are based around, like, maybe you get a guy like Eric Brandstrom in there, and then throw in a forward like Drake Batherson, and then on top of that, you're going to add a first-round pick, and maybe a third-round pick for good measure, and a lot of people say that might not even be enough to get it done, and when you yeah. consider how good Drake Batherson is expected to be, and how good Eric Brandstrom is expected to be, is it really worth acquiring Dubois, who, although an elite center, like, is he that much better than Brandstrom and Batherson that we're going to throw in a first and another draft pick? So exactly. I agree with you that I would I would rather not pursue that if that's the price. Yeah, and, well, and to, to add to that, it's even worth noting that, that the, the Jackets aren't in a rebuild by any sense. I don't know how badly they want prospects in exchange for a, a developed player. Exactly. So finally... If we take a quick look at uh, last year's standings, I'm sorry we gotta do this. <laughs> of course, we know where Ottawa finished, it's no secret. And when you look at the quality of competition in the division, it's really strong. But do you think that there's any chance, like, given the additions that Ottawa has made this year, that they have the potential to move up in the standings? Um. I think it's I think it's definitely possible. I think a lot of things have to go right for them to um, to move up. My my assumption is that they finished anywhere between fifth and seventh in the division. I think seventh is the most likely, to be frank. Uh, and I, I don't really expect them to crack into that top four and to make the playoffs. It pains me to say it, but I have to agree. I do have a feeling that like something unexpected could happen but yeah. it's it's very hard to make a valid argument and say yeah i think the sens are going to finish fourth it's 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 very yeah. hard to do that there's just too many things that have to go right for me to uh uh to really put my faith into that if they're so with that we don't have to end this on such a depressing note <laughs> <laughs> If there was, uh, what would it take for you to consider this year a successful season for the Senators? Um, well, I think we've, we've talked about it a lot already, but it really just revolves around seeing some steps forward from, uh, from the younger guys. I think it'd be really nice to see a bounce back year from Colin White. Um, obviously a good rookie year for Stitzla. Uh, and some of the rookies cementing a place in the lineup. I'd love to see Logan Brown finally get a spot. Uh, Drake Batherson really should be in the lineup this year. And uh, Norris has, has gotten a really good look in camp. Uh, so seeing them them get in there would, would make for a good year for me. And uh, definitely hoping that Matt Murray kind of regains that form from a couple of years ago, given the big extension that the Sens signed him to in the offseason. Absolutely exciting times to be a Sens fan. We've already had to wait 10 months, but we only have to wait three more days as Friday night 
Ottawa versus Toronto in the season opener. Thank you very much, Nathan, for taking the time to come on the show. I appreciate it, and go Sens go. No problem. Thanks for having me. Go Sens go. <laughs> Thanks again to Nathan for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure talking to you about hockey and the Ottawa Senators and previewing the season for the team. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to hit the like button. Subscribe and leave a comment and tune in tomorrow as I continue the season preview for Canadian teams as I'll be interviewing Jeff Gould about the upcoming season for the Vancouver Canucks. Peugeot, 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 Peugeot. First round pick, Mason, Silverberg for Ryan, McCulloch, Kovalev, California Road Trips, Laleem, Hasek, Gerber, Carousel of Goalies. Buddy Robinson, Ben Harper, Bobby Ryan, Spartacat, Oro, Hoffman, LeBreton is a no-go. Elliot Anderson, Alex Aldis back again. Dorian says, we're a team, someday we will win the cup. We didn't start the rebuild. It was always brewing since 2009. We didn't start the rebuild. No, we didn't start it, but this time we've got it. 